Woo! Somebody that's free, open up your mouth and declare this is the sound of freedom. This is the sound of freedom. No more shackles. No more chains. Anybody got a testimony tonight? No more bondage. Said I, I am free. Come on, throw your hands in the air and shout it. No more shackles. Hey! No more chains. No more bondage. Hey! I am free. I am free. I am free. Somebody give him a shout of praise tonight. While you're giving him a shout of praise, put those hands together and clap unto the Lord tonight. Woo! Anybody grateful to be in the house of the Lord and to feel the liberty of the Holy Ghost in this place? Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Liberty from fear. Liberty from depression. Liberty from anxiety. Liberty. Come on, is there anybody that knows what I'm talking about tonight? Oh, what a privilege to be in the house of the Lord. Why don't you high-five about six people on the way to your seat. Tell them, he set me free. He set me free. Hallelujah. How many of you got a testimony? I didn't have to give up anything to live for God. I was delivered of a whole lot of things. Come on, anybody else feel that way? Uh, I didn't have to give up alcohol. Uh, I didn't have to give up drugs. Uh, I didn't have to give up immorality. Uh, the truth of the matter is uh, that God set me free. Uh, and I'm no longer bound uh, by addiction. Uh, and I'm no longer bound uh, by spirits uh, of immorality. Uh, I, uh, he set me free. Isn't it ironic how the spirit of Satan will call this kind of lifestyle bondage? But I got news for hell. We're on to your lies. You came too late to tell me that this is bondage. You came too, I just need about 200 radical people tonight. You came too late to convince me that this is bondage. I know what bondage is. I know what the pain of sin is. I know what chains of slavery feel like. I I've been set free. Woo. That's why. That's why you've got to pardon us. That's why we get excited like we do in this building. You, you just got to give us a little bit of space because you don't know like I know uh, what the Lord uh, has done for me. Bible said... 
that we should show forth the praise of him that has called us out of darkness into his marvelous. That's all we're doing tonight. We're just praising him for bringing us out of darkness. We're just praising him for bringing us into the light. Anybody else feel that way? Clap your hands one more time and give him praise. Amen. You can be seated for a few moments tonight. What a powerful, powerful touch of the Holy Ghost is in this place already tonight. And I want to say again, uh, my son already said it, but I want to say what a privilege it is to have all of our guests in the house of the Lord tonight. Rock Church, I need you to help me put your hands together on a Tuesday night and help me make some Holy Ghost noise for all of our guests that are here with us tonight. Come on, help me. Help me make them feel welcome. Thank you for being here tonight. It is our privilege to have you here worshiping with us. To all of those who are joining us online tonight, the only thing better that you could be doing than joining us online is if you were actually here with us. But we want you to know that we miss you. We love you. We're saving you a seat. And we want you to hurry home. Amen? Amen. So grateful. Uh, good to see uh, Sister Joan's family back in the house of the Lord with her tonight. Some more of her family joined joined us tonight. And uh, I, don't, I don't know why they're here. I guess I guess she's kind of cool to hang out with or something. So, But uh, any family of hers is family of ours. And we're just grateful to have you in the house of the Lord tonight. And uh, so good. So good to see Sister Pack in the house of the Lord again tonight. She punched the devil in the face on Sunday. It must have felt really good as she came back tonight to do it again. And uh, so good, so good. What a privilege to be in the house of the Lord with all of the saints of God. I am so grateful for the amazing revival that is taking place in this house. How many of you believe that the best answer for a world in trouble is a church in revival? Come on, how many of you believe that the answer to a world in trouble uh, is a church in revival? There's no greater solution in the city. The health department doesn't have the answers. Uh, the doctors don't have the answers. Uh, the politicians uh, don't have the answer. Uh, but I declare tonight uh, that the church of the living God uh, has the answer. He's the prince of peace. He's Jehovah, our healer. Oh, I wish I had a church in the building tonight. Woo! By his stripes, we are healed. The chastisement, my peace was upon him. Jesus is the answer. And that is our mission, to reach every person we can. Fort Myers, Immokalee, Cape Coral, North Fort Myers, Bonita Springs, all of Lee County, across the state of Florida, 
across the United States of America. Come on, where's my world changers at? Across the United States of America, across the globe, across the oceans. Hey, we've got the answer. We've got the answer. And I'm so excited to be living for God, grateful for what took place in this house on Sunday. And uh, six more people baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost on Sunday. Amen. Amen. And uh, God is doing amazing things. It is such a privilege, as it always is, to have brother and sister Pope with us tonight. All the way from Mattoon, Illinois. And uh, as most of you know, they split their time quite a bit between Mattoon, Illinois and Fort Myers, Florida. This is their second home. And uh, they are just, they have become family here. They have become family here. And this is a powerful and precious couple in the kingdom of God. Amen. This family has been used in such a mighty and powerful way. Uh, I am very dear friends with their pastor, and uh, he has sang their praises far and wide through the years that I have known them, and they served locally and continue to serve faithfully to their local church and congregation, and out of that commitment and loyalty and faithfulness to their local church, God has birthed a powerful ministry through them over the years, and uh, congruent to their ministry outside of the four walls of the local church, uh, Brother Pope has, is an entrepreneur and has worked as a professional in the financial investment industry for quite some time, uh, is still a, an officer of a corporation uh, that still, he's still a part of. I think he lets other people do the heavy lifting now, um, but he is still a, greatly uh, involved in that. Sister Pope for many years involved in education as part of her calling and her vocation. And God has used them powerfully in their local church. They sit on numerous boards of organizations and churches. And their wisdom, their insight, their anointing is highly, highly sought after. One of the things of the many that I love about this couple is they are world changers. They are world changers. They're not waiting for anybody else to open the door and pave the way and pave the way. This family is making a difference across the globe. And uh, they are sought after all over the world, preaching, teaching, ministering. As a matter of fact, uh, while they're here, uh, Sister Pope is, has been ministering via the Internet uh, all the way in Singapore, and uh, they are just a powerful. I pray when I'm their age and stage that I've got this level of drive and commitment to the kingdom of God. 
And I'm just telling you, it is a privilege for us to have them as part of the Rock Church of Fort Myers. We're delighted that they're here tonight. Would you stand to your feet all over this house? I want you to give God a great big thank you for this amazing couple tonight. Would you help me thank God for them as they come and obey the Holy Ghost tonight? God bless you, brother and sister Pope. you you may be seated it is always great to be here in Fort Myers I had we had some friends that said why are you going to Florida it's so hot down there right now well I want to tell you something in Illinois hot humid weather is what makes the corn grow so it's hot there too and we love being able to get away I just have a short word for you today and it is don't linger I was reading I was reading in Genesis 19:16 he was talking about Lot and it said while he lingered Lot and his family needed to leave immediately destruction was at the door the Lord is coming soon they didn't have 40 days to repent like the Ninevites did and remember Lot's wife. That was what was said in Luke 17:32. She had too much regard for her stuff. Dangerous, it's dangerous to look back. Always press forward. Don't linger. Amen. Why I thought she was going to preach. Hey, so good to be in the house tonight. And I'm telling you, the Spirit is with us tonight. Jesus is in the house, moving up and down these aisles. And he's here for reason and for purpose. And you are here for a purpose tonight. You're not here by accident. Anything that you need, he's able to fulfill. And he will touch you and meet your needs. Praise God. And I just want to say I'm, I'm thankful to be in the house, be able to be in Fort Myers for a short stay. And uh, I can't say enough how much I love your pastor and his family. They are great, great people. And they have taken us in and been so kind to us in so many ways. And we love this church and we love all of you very, very much. And we want to do anything and everything we can do to help the ministry go forward. And what a revival. What a revival is taking place here. My, my. And I told Pastor on Sunday, there's two things that I have particularly seen and noted on this trip. Number one, it comes to my attention again that every time I come, I see more and more new faces. What does that say? What does that tell you? And then on top of that, and which I think is so fantastic and so great, 
I've had the opportunity over a period of time to watch the young men and the young ladies develop in leadership and in the various capacities of the things that they're doing here in this church. It is great. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm in the teaching mode tonight, and I want to talk to you about a, an area, a topic, if you will, that I feel like is very needful and very appropriate to the time in which we are living. We're living in a time that is different than anything that has been known to mankind for a various and sundry amount of reasons. But I did say Sunday night, this is the time for the church to have its greatest hour. And that's what's happening here in Fort Myers in the Rock Church, our finest hour. But as we move forward, we need tools. We need things in our hands that we know and we understand and can utilize in order to carry out the specific purpose that God has appointed us to. You were not created as an individual without purpose. God created you with a purpose. He has a ministry for you, things for you to do if you will take the tools and open up and let him develop you in his own way. But to the nth degree, the number one purpose for every one of us in the house is to see souls saved. All of us have that purpose. He has given that to us. So tonight I want to offer you several principles and learning objectives that will help you in this particular time that we're living in and tools that you can use going forward as you go out, as you launch out to see souls saved. Praise God. So the title of what I'm talking about this evening is Possess Integrity to Own Influence. Possess Integrity in order to own influence. You see, if we're going to do the job that God has appointed us to do, we must have influence with others. And we have to develop that. It doesn't come by accident. We must develop that, and it takes integrity as a uh, character quality in your life in order to make that happen. If you got your Bibles, let's look at Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13, verse 45 and 46. Matthew 13, 45 and 46 says, Again, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a merchant man 
seeking goodly pearls, who when he had found one pearl of great price, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. Folks, we have that pearl of great price before us this very day, this very night. Now, the question is, what are we willing to do to own and operate the way God wants us to in this kingdom with that great pearl? Praise God. Lord, help us today. We ask you, God, to bless your word, to bless every soul in the house, God, and give us an open mind and understanding. Work through us, Lord, and help us. We need you today. We need your strength and your support. We need your vision, God. We need you to send us forward in your name to do the things that you would have us to do because we know that the time is short and you are coming once again very, very soon and we want to be ready. Amen. You may be seated. I am sorry about my raspy voice, but there's something about the vegetation in Florida that excites my allergies. So I'm going to do my best to speak as plainly here tonight as I can. Seeking out that one great pearl of great price, but we must possess integrity in order to own influence. I had spoken on this topic before. It, it is not something that is absolutely new to me. Uh, it uh, is something that I felt like was very appropriate to the day in which we're living and very appropriate for a revival church. There are some things that we need to get our hands on, some tools, some principles, some ideas that will allow us to launch out and go forth. The wise man Solomon spoke in Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 30 and gave us a challenge. There he said, he that winneth souls is wise. Now I think every one of us would like to be considered wise, would we not? So we will measure that by the number of souls that we can win into God's kingdom. Integrity is something that builds trust. Trust brings influence. If someone trusts you, you are able to influence them in what they think and what they do. So if integrity builds trust and trust builds influence, that is exactly what we need to build relationships. We serve a God of relationship. You can go back to the very beginning in Genesis and we can see his handiwork as he brought about Adam and Eve and the thing that was the greatest to him was that relationship that he would have with Adam and Eve. In 
course, we know things change as time went along, but it didn't change God's purpose. He created man in his own image. We are like him, and we are people of relationship. Can you say amen? We apostolics must possess integrity in order to build trust because relationships turn on trust. If you want someone to trust you, if you want someone to come under and into your influence, you must build a friendship, a relationship with them. And in doing so, it takes integrity as a character quality. Can you say amen? Now, again, Solomon spoke in Proverbs chapter 20, verse 7. And he says, the just man, the just man walketh in his integrity. The just man. And the reward of that is his children are blessed after him. And I know all of you grandparents and parents in the house that have grandchildren and children, you want to see them blessed. You want to see them in the house of God. You want to see them be able to take up a ministry and do things in God's house. And it takes the action and the display and the example of our integrity in our lives before our children and our grandchildren. And when we do that, the scripture says, they will be blessed after him. So what is integrity? And if we went through the house and asked every one of you, what is integrity? we would get a multitude of answers. But one of the key words that always comes forth very quickly is honesty. And integrity certainly does contain absolute honesty. No white lies. Either you're honest or you're not honest. But it does contain honesty. It also contains transparency, Consistency, doing what you say you're going to do, and not being double-minded as James warned us about in the book of James. And we could add many more other attributes to integrity, but integrity itself is a character quality that we as apostolics must, must possess. So without integrity, you are not trusted and therefore cannot build true relationships. That's how important it is. So I want to uh, say, first of all, uh, as we begin to move into this area, with whom do you feel that you hold the most influence? Think about that for a second. You as an individual, who do you hold the most influence with? And on the other side of that, with whom do you hold the least 
influence with? And it's good to examine that question and think about that because it helps you and gives you some direction in what you need to do. So here's the question. Is your influence positive or negative? Is it? How can you increase your level of influence to better achieve your goals and help others achieve theirs? That's the big question. I'm going to say it again. How can you increase your level of influence to better achieve your goals and help others achieve theirs? That's what relationship is all about. Relationship. Our God is a God of relationship, and he created you and I in his image. Everyone has a measure of influence. Everyone. Did you realize that you have influence, be it good or bad? Be it positive or be it negative, you have influence. In your life, in any way, if it connects with other people, you have influence. And everything you do at home, at church, on the job, or anywhere else, it has impacted on the lives of other people, either in a good way or a bad way, in a positive way, or a negative way. We're all in that game together. We all have influence. If you desire to be successful or to make a positive impact on your world, you need to become a person of influence. That's a person with influence, with purpose in mind, with direction, with goals, knowing where you're headed and what you need to do and allowing God to lead you as a person of influence. Without positive influence, there is no success. You hear me? Without positive influence, there is no success. So learn how to be a person of influence. That's what we're saying here tonight, giving you tools. This is a tool, learning how to have good, sound, positive influence. Now, if you're taking notes, here's a good one for you. People, that, that might be someone on the job, someone in school, someone on the street, uh, wherever it happens to be, people. Do not care how much you know your knowledge until they know how much you care about them. Now, you can take that one to the bank. That needs to be in your notes. And also, your actions speak much louder than your words. The action power, how much you really care is going to be shown to others rather than spoken. Talk is cheap, folks. We can all talk. We can all verbalize. We can all say what we want to say. But when it all comes down to it, what are you going to do? How are you going to act? 
That makes the difference with people. Your influence is not equal with all people. It's just not. People are different, personalities are different, your personality is different, so it's not equal. But people respond to one another according to their level of influence with them. And influence grows in five stages. And I believe that's listed uh, there on the first part of your handout. The first stage is that of position, and then permission, production, People develop, which brings reproduction, and then you reach the pinnacle, which is the top of influence, and it creates respect. And when someone respects you, you have the ultimate of influence, but you have the ultimate of responsibility to them at the same time. For most people, if they perceive that you're positive and trustworthy, then they will see you as an influencer in their life. And the better they get to know you, the greater your credibility will be and the higher your influence can become with them. Positive influence, trustworthy influencer. You'll build or bust that influence with your actions. Build it or bust it with the way you act. Your actions and attitudes influence the person, up or down, positive or negative. Praise God. You become... Two types of influencers. The first one is a motivational influence. It's someone that becomes inspiring, able to inspire another with their influence. And when you encourage people and communicate with them on an emotional level, you have reached the mot motivational part of influence with them. It creates a bridge between you and the person you're working with. It builds confidence and self-worth for people to feel good about you and themselves and influence increases creates a bridge, and that's what we're trying to do when we're uh, witnessing and discipling someone. We're building a relationship bridge between you and them, and it builds confidence and a self, uh, sense of self-worth in that individual. And don't we all need confidence and self-worth to help us to go forward, to use as tools in the area of influence. You see, positive impact increases influence. Helping others reach their potential. Helping them overcome obstacles and grow personally because you help them get there. And when you do that, people will never forget you. 
And when you're under the influence of the king, then that means they will not forget him either. Influence. And the second type of influencer is that of multiplying. You assist and help people become positive influencers in the lives of others. You hear me? You influence them and you instill in them the ability to go forth and influence others. Multiplication. Influence in the life of others. It's a goal to reproduce. And we are challenged to reproduce ourselves in others. Can you say amen? Unselfishness and commitment over time equals sacrifice on mine and your part. Unselfishness, commitment, giving of ourselves, giving of our time to other people. Now, we live in a very busy world. And I think every one of us in some sense of the word feel like we're the busiest person that walks on the face of this earth. But aside from that, are you willing, are you willing to make the sacrifice of yourself, your time, your talent? Uh, I've heard my pastor say on more than one occasion, and it's so very, very true, the reward of sacrifice <laughs> is more sacrifice. But man, does that ever make you feel victorious when you see it happen and when you see the influence and the impact that you've had on another and bringing them forward and bringing them before the king, repenting of their sins, being baptized in the name of Jesus and receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost evidence to speaking in other tongues. That is the ultimate of influence when you see that happen with someone that you have influenced. Praise God. Your influence touches many lives and is either a miserable experience or you make their day. The choice is yours. Again, positive or negative. The positive experience adds value to others. Hear that. The positive adds value to others. But if you have a negative impact on someone, you can turn that around. It doesn't have to stay that way. You can turn it around and make it positive. You can always increase the impact for a positive experience. How? It comes again with your attitude and your actions. How you present yourself to someone. Of course, we're looking for the anointing of the Spirit of God to help us as we move forward to touch the lives of others. Amen? Whenever you're moving forward to influence someone, the first thing you need to do is talk to Jesus. Talk to him. 
Let him speak to you. It's not a one-way conversation. It's a two-way conversation. He may give you some thoughts and ideas that you don't have on your own that is going to be very impactful and help you accomplish the purpose that you set out to do. There's no way of effectively touching people's lives without becoming a person of influence to them, which is the only way, again, to build relationships. I say that over and over, build relationship. You know, I've heard people talk about witnessing many, many years. That's all fine, well, and good. But where are we at in terms of friendship and building relationship with that person that we are speaking to and that we are addressing? Integrity is absolutely essential for anyone that desires to be a person of influence, thus a soul winner. Many people try to cut corners in life, and they think, who will ever know what I'm doing? The truth is, other people do know. Your spouse, your children your friends, your business associates, they figure it out, they know. And even if you cover your tracks really well and they don't know what you're up to, you know and God knows. So don't give your integrity away, thus your ability to influence for any price. We're back to the pearl. You buy it, you pay everything you have to get it, but you do not ever give it up or sell it. The pearl of great price. My integrity is not for sale. I don't care whether it's a matter of character issues, unethical practices, moral breakdowns, honesty issues, and so forth. The need for integrity today is perhaps as great as it has ever been, and it is absolutely essential for anyone who desires to have influence with another to build relationships. And I am reminded of Job. We all know the story of Job. And in the 27th chapter of Job, verse 5, he said, Till I die, I will not remove mine integrity from me. This is a man that lost everything. It cost him everything that he had in his entire life. The only thing he left was a griping spouse. Everything else was lost and gone. But the last thing he was intent on getting across and to saying and to make a point was, I will never depart from mine integrity. That was Job. You see, integrity is all about the small things, but small to you may be very large to someone else, and we need to remember that. Here's a key. Integrity commits itself to character. What is character? 
character is who you are. And you decide what makes up your character, what the attributes happen to be. And some can be good and some not so good. But we always need to work on our character and to bring it in line with and in conjunction with the Word of God and His influence over us. But integrity commits itself to character over personal gain, over people and things, service over power. You hear me? Serving over having power to principle over convenience and to the long view over immediate gain. So there's a lot of things that we need to consider that allows our character to develop and the integrity portion of your character to cause you to do the right things at the right time according to what God would direct you to do. Character is who you are, one habit at a time. You hear that? One habit at a time, day by day. Here's the key. Take care of your character and your reputation and image will take care of itself. Nail that. Take care of your character, who you are, and your reputation and image. What you sometimes can get so worried about what people see. Reputation and image. If you keep your character in the right order, that reputation and image will take care of itself. You won't have to worry about it. So don't do what you would not feel comfortable reading about in the newspaper the next day. You hear me? That's a good measure. Anything that we're involved in or doing, how would you feel about it showing up the newspaper the next day? There you go. Now, let's look at credentials versus character. Now, the credentials fits the reputation and the image side of things. While character, on the other hand, is who you truly are. Credentials are transient. In other words, they can shift, they can change, uh, they can be made to say whatever you want them to say. While character is permanent. It doesn't shift. It's who you are. Credentials turn the focus to rights. Having my rights. Character, on the other hand, keeps the focus on responsibilities. 
Yes. Credentials add value to only one person, you. Character adds value to many people, many people, whoever you come in contact with. Credentials look to past accomplishments. Character builds a legacy for the future. Credentials often evoke jealousy in other people. Character generates respect and integrity. Respect and integrity. And finally, credentials can only get you in the door, but character will keep you there. And again, the direct benefit of integrity is trust. It allows others to trust you, and trust builds relationships. I want to say that over and over and over. Trust builds relationships. We need integrity. With integrity, we become an influencer. As an influencer, we build trust with other people. And as that trust grows, the relationship grows with it until people respect you in being involved in their life and speaking into their lives. That's how we can win souls, folks. That's the tools for winning souls. Now, there's eight questions that we can use to measure how we stand with our integrity and our influence. Number one, how well do I treat people from whom I can gain nothing? Take that into your soul, really. How well do I treat people when I have nothing to gain from them? Number two, am I transparent with others? Can they see in me and through me? Do they know what to anticipate? Transparency. Number three, do I role play based on the persons I'm with. Now you get the hang of that? Do I always act the same way because that's what my character possesses or do I, depending on whom I'm with or whom I'm around, do I adjust the way I do things? Number four, am I the same person when I'm in the spotlight as I am when I am alone? Number five, do I quickly admit wrongdoing without being pressed to do so? In other words, can I admit my mistakes and make them right? Or does someone have to prod me? Number six, do I put other people ahead of my own agenda? That goes back to this busyness and being willing to make the sacrifice. Number seven, do I have an unchanging standard for moral decisions or do circumstance 
uh, determine my choices. We should have moral decisions that are built into our lives and our character that are not flexible, that do not change, no matter what the situation is, what kind of situation we find ourselves in or who we find ourselves with. We are who we are. Number eight, do I make difficult decisions even when they have a personal cost attached to them? Our personal decisions should not have anything to do with the cost. It's either right or it's wrong. Number nine, when I have something to say about people, when I have something to say about people, do I talk to them or do I talk about them? And finally, am I accountable to at least one other person for what I think, I say, and I do? God wants us to be accountable. First of all, to him in all things. But beyond that, he has given every one of us someone in our lives our pastor, and maybe others that can speak into our lives and we will listen and we will take action accordingly in the right way without becoming offended and taking action to do things that we should not ought to do. Accountability. Integrity is a prerequisite to trust. And the benefit of trust is influence, which all works to build relationships. Here I am again, relationships. It is so interwoven, interwoven. So who can I trust to build relationship with? Now we're at evaluation. Who can I trust? to build relationship with one who models consistency of character consistency that was one of the attributes of integrity employs honest communication honesty another attribute one who values transparency Transparency is another attribute. One who exemplifies humility rather than pride. Demonstrates support for others. Fulfills the promises that they make. Embraces an attitude of service. I want to stop there for a second service. We look at the life of Jesus Christ, three and a half years walking the face of this earth and setting an example for you and I to pattern our lives after him. Amen. 
The scripture says that he came not to set at meat, but he came to serve. In other words, he didn't come to sit down at the table and have somebody serve him, but he came to serve others. And we can look at the uh, scripture where he washed the feet of the disciples and the interaction that he had with Peter. And before it was over, Peter wanted him to wash him from head to toe. The thing of it is, you and I are servants. He was a servant. And if you examine the, the life that he lived before us that we can read in the word, he was never a taker. He didn't take. He was always a giver, always giving something to someone else, whatever it happened to be. And that's the way we, you and I, need to gear that life of influence toward others, being a servant. In the end, you can bend your actions to conform to your principles or you can bend your principles to conform to your actions. Did you get that? I'm going to say it again. In the end, you can bend your actions, what you do, to conform to right principles and that's exactly what we need to do but on the other hand you can bend your principles what you ought to do to conform to your actions which are things you should not ought to do we need to remember that that is a principle it is your choice to make life is a bundle of choices and you make them. Choices are decisions that put you in a given place. Now hear that. Choices are decisions that you make that put you in a given place. You cannot blame anyone for what happens with you. No blame. You made the decision, you made the choice to be where you are at. In other words, the buck stops here. That is where it's at. The buck stops here. We are called with integrity to serve and to give. It's like buying the pearl of great one man offered a dialogue and I'm coming to a close and this dialogue went this way I want this pearl how much is it well the seller says it's very expensive and the guy says but how much we ask well, a very large amount, said the seller. Do you think I could buy it? Of course, everyone can buy it. But didn't you say it was very expensive? He said, yes. Well, how much is it? 
And he said, everything you have, said the seller. We make up our minds all right. And I said, I'll buy it. And the seller says, well, what do you have? Let's write it down. And the man said, well, I have $10,000 in the bank. That's what I have. The seller said, good, $10,000. What else do you have? He said, that's all. That's all I have. Nothing more. Well, take that back. I have a few dollars here in my pocket. And the seller said, how much? Well, he started digging and he said, let's see, 30, 40, 60, 80, 100, $120. I got $120. The seller said, that's fine. What else do you have? Well, nothing. That's all. He said, well, where do you live? He's still probing. In my house is where I live. Yes, I have a house. The seller said, well, we'll take the house too. And he writes that down. You mean I have to live in my camper? Oh, you have a camper? We'll write that down too. I'll have to sleep in my car then. And he said, oh, you have a car? Uh, well, yeah, I have two of them. He said, both become mine. Both car. I have to have both cars. And he said, well, you already have my money, my house, my camper, my car. What more do you want? Are you alone in this world, the seller said. He said, no, I have a wife and two children. He said, oh, yes, we'll write that down too. And then he says, I have nothing left. I am left alone now. And suddenly the seller exclaims, oh, I almost forgot. You, yourself, too. Everything becomes mine. Your wife, your children, your house, your money, your cars, and you, too. That's what it was going to cost him to own the pearl at a great price. The seller said then as he goes on, now listen, I will allow you to use all of these things for the time being. But don't forget that they are mine just as you are. And whatever I need, any of them, you must give them up because now I am the owner. That is what it means to come to terms with servanthood, folks. Tough, tough concept, isn't it? Yes, it's very tough. But now we know why. That makes the difference. It's the pearl of great price. And the scripture says, buy it and sell it not. You must be ready to invest more than most because to you it becomes worth everything. That is the price of a soul tonight, folks. He that winneth souls is wise. So what about you today? Are you in the market for this pearl? Do you want to be a servant? The reward is beyond measure. And in fact, what you buy, you will not sell. 
Let's all stand if you would please. Yes, it is you that Jesus is talking to tonight. He's talking to every one of us in the house here tonight. He called you here to ask you to be a servant. Are you willing to do that? And from this point, what are you going to do after tonight? What are you going to do in the morning when you arise and your eyes open? What are you going to say to the seller who is Jesus Christ? What are you going to ask him for? Can you not ask him to put someone in your path tomorrow, someone that you can, with your integrity, have influence with and begin to build a relationship for the kingdom of God? Praise the Lord, Pastor. Come on, all over this house, lift your hands. I surrender. 